You're listening to Marriage Minute with Pastors Richard and Donna Spears, impacting marriages that leave a lasting legacy. Hi there, everyone. Welcome to Marriage Minute with us, Pastors Richard and Donna Spears. Yes. We are back in the house. We've been out for about a month. Yeah. Um, with <clears throat> Evangelist Dan and Evangelist Shannon being over in Tanzania, we didn't want to compete with the crusade over there, nor, nor that we not. ever could. <laughs> <clears throat> right. They were, there, they were over there winning souls. They're back safely here on U.S. soil. So, yeah. so we great are to be back God in the studio. That. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So if you get a chance, please comment uh, and let us know where you're watching from. And also take a moment to like and share this broadcast and, and any of our broadcasts so we can... Yeah. Uh, get the word out so we can start infusing this world with marriages that are going to make a positive impact for their family and not Amen. end in divorce and separation and, and any of that stuff. We, we so, need that in our world yes, today. Yes, we ma- need strong marriages we and do. strong families. We do. And, and you know, you can have that. You can have strong marriages. You can have a strong marriage, I should say. Not plural marriages, just yeah. one. That's right. We're not pushing polygamy here. No, 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 no. Never. No. One man, so, one woman. Yeah, so today we're going to talk about four elements to keep the romance in your marriage. Hmm. And, you know, honestly, when I was... It's a great topic. Yeah, when I was researching for mm-hmm. this and when we were researching for it, I was like, romance, you know, it's not something I am prone to thinking about. You know, I'm not your typical, I guess, and I don't mean to offend anybody, I'm not the typical woman uh, where... I think on those things, you know, like but I do think, you think about... You know, because I've not been the typical man to really... I was, this, I'm, you know, been a very selfish right, person over right. my life, and so I've, I've, I'm wondering. Just had this thought. Yeah, yeah. I'm be. wondering if because of my, you know, fallen nature, my selfish nature, that I mean, I'm getting better. I know every day and yeah. in, in, in every way. So thank, thanks be to God for that. But I wonder if because of how I was, if that kind of put you in a position where you had less expectations. Yeah. Oh, I'm for sure. Me. Well, and in in general, men in general, just from when the time, the era that I grew up in, the generation that I grew up in, um, the family that I grew up in. And so I think all of that does, as we have discussed before, it it affects how we how we do life. So, yeah. So, you know, I think I'm sorry for that. I really truly I am. I'm always trying to get better and to make our marriage better and for me to be better and be a better husband. You know, it's, it's funny when we when we <clears throat> prepare for these episodes and the, the broadcasts and stuff, it, it's really just a reminder and it helps us to keep things on track in our marriage. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's like, true. it's funny when it, it's like I start seeing something new in you, you know, and I'm like, and you have to remind me, you're like, okay, I'm, gonna, I'm doing this new thing, you know, and I'm like, oh yeah, yeah, that's good. You know, yeah. it's just that right. continual uh, improvement and change and, and continual feeding into your marriage positively. So, Absolutely. so we always, we get something from yeah, we're what we're talking too. about too. Yeah. So we, we, we hope to bless you and we think that we are, and, um, you know, we get blessed by doing it. So it's a win-win in our mind. Yeah. So how many people have you really, number one, do you ask people how their marriages are going? Mm-hmm. I think that's probably something we should start doing in our friend group, in our sphere of influence. Um, how, how is your marriage going? And if they've been married for some time, my my uh, guess is is that would say, yeah, it's great, it's good, mm-hmm. you know. And they're not really thinking about like how awesome they felt it was at the beginning, you know. Mm-hmm. Most people think like, and you hear this all the time, honeymoon phase, 
you know, now you're out of the honeymoon phase. Well, right. why do we have to get out of the honeymoon yeah, phase? Why? You know, we can still have that passion and romance, even mm -hmm. even 33 years later, 30, you know. Almost, yeah, almost 33. Almost 33 years That's later. Right. But yeah. a lot of people think, you know, well, we are 15 years in, we're 10 years in, we're 20 years in. We've just gotten into a routine. We, it's good. We're good. Everything's good. Right. And, and they feel like that that's the normal progression that the marriage needs to go into. You go yeah. through the honeymoon phase. Okay, well, we're, we're now we're struggling a little bit. We're fighting a little bit. We're getting under each other's skin. Well, this is normal. We'll get through this, and then we'll settle into this routine, mm -hmm. and we'll, we'll settle into this ho-hum, mm -hmm. you know, marriage. And, <clears throat> and honestly, that's kind of how I thought about it, you know? I mean, so did I. Thing, Same thing. Yeah, the only thing we had to go on is what we saw our parents do. When I right? got the, I got the girl. So what, what more do I need <laughs> to do? And I got the guy. Yeah. So yeah, what so here we are. What more do I need to do? Yeah, know? a lot more. So But that's that's something that, you know, anyway, yeah. I'll let you keep going. That's okay. So so what we're here to tell you is it your marriage doesn't have to be like that. Mm -mm. And and we know that. We can attest that we've experienced it. Yes. Why? Why and how does our marriage not have to settle into the doldrums and the ho hum and the the everyday boredom of marriage. Well, God did not design marriage that way. Mm -hmm. If you read in his word, his word is very clear on what we need to be doing in order to keep our marriages fresh and exciting. And it's just like, I liken it to our walk with Jesus. Yeah. You know, our walk with Jesus, you know, it's very similar in parallel in our marriages because when you first learn about Jesus and, and he saved you from your sin and you, all of that is washed clean. I mean, you're excited. Yeah. You know, you're excited. You're ready to go. You're ready to learn about everything that you want to learn about Jesus and the freedom that you have and the authority you have and the love that you have for others. And you just want to share it and you're bursting at the seams. Well, it's that way with marriage too. It's, it's that way with everything. With everything. And then as your walk with the Lord continues, you, you kind of get into this, I would say, a rut or... You know, you're not so excited to get into your Bible, right? Mm -hmm. And it doesn't take first priority in your life. Right. And so that's a parallel uh, example of our walk with Jesus can be exciting and should be exciting and fun. And it never, it will never stop. We will never stop learning about Jesus and about his word, God's word until the day we die. And, and that should be the way we approach our marriage. Well, you know, practically too, I mean, just think about anybody that does gardening. Um, you know, has a small garden or you just have flowers around your home. Uh, just think about that. If you don't care for, you know, your garden and your plants and your flowers that are around your home, um, those things should be growing mm -hmm. always. They should be producing something. Amen. Amen. I mean, I know everything has a season, but generally speaking, if you're not caring for your plants and your garden, um, those things are going to go into a static state where, mm -hmm. where nothing's really happening. It's just kind of flat. It's dead. It's mm -hmm. not producing. Mm -hmm. And then it goes into another state of, of dying. Yeah. And so uh, everything in life, whether you start a new job, our relationship with Jesus, mm -hmm. you can see it happen in nature, um, uh, our relationships, if, if they're not growing and dynamic, mm -hmm. they're either static or they're dying. Yeah. And we and, don't want to get into that place. I mean, you can recover from any one of those areas, right? Amen. I mean, of Amen. course, you want to be dynamic and moving and growing and flourishing in your marriage and in everything in your life. Um, so it's not mean to say that if, if you're in a place of, uh, of static or it's dry and it's stale, uh, it's been getting old, you know, 
um, to say that, or, or you feel like your marriage is in a state of dying. You, you just kind of feel like there's just a, a gap and a separation between you and your spouse. It can be turned around because Jesus will turn everything around if we'll give him the time and the, and the energy and the effort to do that and listen to his word. So what happens, it's not like night and day, right? It's a slow fade. It's a slow fade. There are little things that happen in your marriage that pull your focus away from your spouse. And all of a sudden, you're like, well, why? how did we end up here? Yeah. But it's, it's what we want you to know that when you're focusing on your spouse from the very beginning and you're remembering those things that brought you together and that, that the, where the excitement was, you know, you are maintaining your focus for each other. And we'll talk more about that a little bit later. Yeah, and I, I'm just thinking also about just, just people in different stages of life, right? We've come through that. We, we've raised our children. We had new jobs. Yep. You know, there were all these competing things for, for time. And um, just know that it's, it's whatever stage of life that you're in right now, you can carve out time. And it's good to have close friends and family that would support you so that, you know, they can watch the kids for a night. You can get away, you can be together and you can do something together um, to where you're spending time with each other and you're continually renewing that relationship and you're keeping it dynamic and you're keeping it fresh and you're not allowing it to get in that place of, of stagnation. That's what you don't want. So let's talk about romance because that's what we were talking about today. I want to read a, a scripture. Um, Pastor Richard had asked me to read it out of the Amplified Version. It's Revelation 2.4. Right. Um, and it says, But I have this charge against you, that you have left your first love. You have lost the depth of love that you had for me. Hmm. So and we, you know, we, have, we have read that scripture several times. Yeah, so Jesus <laughs> was writing several letters to, to, to seven churches, and this particular letter was to the Ephesians. And, and so he was, you know, commending them on a lot of the great works that they'd done, that they, had, they were following him. But he said, look, I have this one thing mm-hmm. against you. And he was talking about himself here. He was saying, you've lost your first love. You've lost that passion, that desire, that fire for me. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, of course, Jesus is talking to the church here, but we can apply that to our marriage. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what happens. Like what, when you opened up and, and was just talking about those things in, in general, that we think that this is how our marriage should go. We saw what happened with our parents. We saw that there was a decline. that We just kind of fell into this rut of, of doing life. And... And so we think that's just how things are supposed to be, mm-hmm. but it's really not so. And so, you know, really, you know, this scripture, yes, he's talking to the church about losing their love for him. Mm-hmm. It's the same application yeah. in our marriage. Yeah, we can lose that passion, that desire, that fire, that romantic feelings for one another. So what do we do? I mean, like, you know, when you and I got married, I, we were just talking about this the other day mm-hmm. and, um, and, you know, how we we came to know each other, you know, from my best friend in high school and how that whole thing came He's about. He's taking credit for that. Oh, my and best he friend, he, he should. should. Yeah, yeah, he absolutely <laughs> should take credit for that. I needed a lot of help. Um, but anyway, from that, I just think about the pursuit right. that I had for you. Yeah, you really did pursue me. I, I pursued mean, We didn't you. even go to the same school, so. No, I mean, it and was. And there were no cell phones. No, you didn't have, like, Google Maps, you didn't have, you know, Waze, you didn't have any of these modern tools that, you know, that we have today. So I, it was, a, it was work mm-hmm. to, to try to connect with her and to find her out of my own mistakes and just, just, she knows 
<laughs> how I am and how my mind works. And so I, you know, it took a lot of effort. But even Dang. after that, even after we got to a place where we started to date, I mean, it was always we were going to do something, right? Mm -hmm. and, oh, yeah. And so it's just like instinctively. So that's one of the types of romance that we're talking about is there's this instinctive romance that you pursue the girl, you pursue the guy. And you want to think about, you know, you're trying to study what they do. And sometimes you don't even know what you're doing, but you just, you want the girl so yeah. bad. Yeah. You want the guy so bad. And you're going to do whatever to, 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 to be with them, to be a part of their life and to make them happy. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, a lot of times we lose that though, as our marriage goes on mm -hmm. and we forget what we yeah. actually did. Yeah. Why? Because some of that was just happening, happening instinctively. Right. So that's an instinctive type of romance. Right. Do you have anything else you want to, no, would no, want to add going. there? <clears throat> and so really what we want to do is, like I said before, you know, our, our marriage, our relationships can be uh, in one of three phases. It's either, it's either dynamic and growing, flourishing, or it's static and it's stagnant, or it's dying. So what, what we want to talk about today with these four elements of romance is that we need this educated romance. Yeah, yeah. A lot of times people believe that, you know, it's, it's based on a feeling and I can't control it, but you can absolutely control absolutely. the elements of romance because it's an atmosphere that you create. Well, and if you think about it, you chose romance at the beginning of your relationship you absolutely did you created the atmosphere at the beginning of your relationship unbeknownst to you because a lot of us are younger yeah you know teens or whatever when when that all started and you just do it instinctively like you're saying mm -hmm. but but you're also choosing um to pursue you're choosing that romantic thing to do to woo right you know to woo your partner an educated romance is better than instinctive mm -hmm. and 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 we're going to get into the more of the why of that but the the general point here is this educated romance is reproducible mm -hmm. that's right instinctive is you really don't know why you did what you did but you did it <laughs> and you got the girl you got the guy whatever yeah but educated romance, there's, it's actually, there are ways that you can go about that you can learn and prepare yourself to be repeatable. That's right. Th this, this is a skill that you can, it's, it's reproducible and you can actually teach others, teach yourself about it and how to That's do right. it. That's so, right. So here's some funny stuff. Many believe, you know, romance is just for women and maybe strange men. Right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, because I would think I that, wouldn't put that, myself in the category of strange men right, myself. Right, I totally get what you're saying. But there are men out there that you know they they are very romantic. They're I think in the tune. I think the percentage of those is 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 low in, in my personal opinion. But <laughs> but you know you go into a bookstore like Barnes and Nobles or whatever, and then of course there's this romantic section. And back in our day when we were younger, there was you know all these romance novels. They still have those today. They do. But the one that was like plastered on every page of every romance book was this guy named Fabio. And I, <laughs> I would always joke with Donna about, you know, she loved his long flowing blonde hair. And of course, you know, he's muscular and well-built and all these other and things. And he always had no shirt on, which, yeah, always, which no always shirt helped, right? On, on, these, on these cover pages of these novels, uh, romance novels. But, you know, the thing is, you know, for me, I would go to a bookstore and I would look in and I, if I saw, you know, a man in the romance section, I'm like, I'm looking in, He's I'm weird. not, I'm not going in there. You yeah. know, I'm just kind of, kind of observe from a distance, but I'm not going in and take part in that. I'm like, if he takes a look at me, I'm going to like, <laughs> you, you don't belong there. Okay. Get out. Get out. Get out. You don't belong there. <laughs> but really, 
the truth is everyone yeah everyone needs romance yeah. not just for women and not just for strange men and but, i would but just, everyone I everyone would just needs romance add in here that um like we talked about at the beginning, you know, if, if someone would say, Donna, you need romance from Richard, I would say, yeah, no, I don't really think so. But that is because of how I grew up and how our, our relationship was a lot of our marriage. Mm -hmm. You know, you just, you just learn to sink or swim and you learn to adapt to the environment that you're in curtain, you know, now, and you learn to not expect, but um, I can say that when we discuss these four elements, you know, I would be very happy um, and am happy that my husband does those things. Yeah. And here's the other thing. And, and, I, and I'll, maybe I'll say this for guys more than I would for the ladies. You don't have, you don't do romantic things when you're in trouble. You know, you get yourself, we use this analogy in, in America for those of you watching abroad or listening abroad. Um, we use this analogy that we're in the doghouse, meaning that's not a great place to be because we've done something wrong. And so now we have to figure out, okay, how do I get myself out of this, right. this tough place that I'm in right now? My wife's upset with me. She's frustrated, whatever. So I'm kind of in this doghouse, so to speak. So now what do I do? Well, romance is not intended to be that. It's not intended for you to, to, to work on it just in a season where yeah. you've got to redeem yourself, that's so right. to speak. Right? That's just you taking ownership and, being, and apologizing apologizing and but making it right exactly that's not romance right so you're and not you're, doing and i'll tell you your wife won't think that either it, she won't look at it as romance no because it's not consistent so you need to have consistent action which i'm getting ahead of myself but anyway right. we need to move along romance is this it's an essential daily thing it's it's not seasonal it's not you know every once in a while you're going to find as we talk about these four elements that it's it's a very consistent behavior and it's a very consistent way of doing educated romance, mm -hmm. right? Which is what we're going to teach you about today. Mm -hmm. You can do this. It's reproducible and it will have an impact in your, in your life and in your marriage. So what are these four elements? Yeah. So the first one, um, meeting unspoken needs <clears throat> and desires for your spouse. Yeah. So I'll repeat that. <clears throat> the first element to keep the romance in, in your marriage is to meet those unspoken needs and desires. Uh, of your spouse. Now you might say, okay, that sounds great. But if I don't know what her, un what her needs and, and desires are, I can't meet those. Well, let me tell you how, well, when you first got married, first got together, yeah, you studied your spouse. I'll just say <laughs> why. So Richard studied me. He studied me. He knew what I liked. He knew what I liked to eat. He knew the kind of movies that I liked to go see. He knew what would make me smile. He knew what would make me happy. So he studied me. You can study your spouse to understand and meet those unspoken desires and, and, and needs. And, and if, if I have to keep reminding him what my desire and my needs are, Number one, it's not unspoken, right? And and so if I have to keep saying it to remind him, it's not romance. And I and I you know, I remember <clears throat> that you wanted that so bad mm -hmm. and you were always having to remind me mm -hmm. and it was frustrating it for is. you. Because all yeah. that you really it wanted, your heart. it breaks your heart. And all that you really wanted was for me to put you first, mm -hmm. to be thinking about you yep. and making you feel secure. Yeah. 
And I just stopped doing that yeah. because of, yeah. we're just telling you from experience, the business of life, it's going to happen for wherever you are in your stage of life, but you've got to continue to study each other. You've got, because things change in your life. I mean, yes, you're at your core, you're that person, but when God comes in, he changes you, he changes your desires and things change. And so you have to continue to study one another throughout your life. Don't ever stop doing that. And, and always looking for what makes your spouse happy that you're showing that you're thinking about them. And if you are, if your spouse has to constantly <clears throat> remind you of what he or she wants, desires or needs, then the message that you're sending them is you're just not a priority and you're not important. Mm -hmm. And so that'll stop. Yeah. I stopped telling Richard. I stopped expecting. Yeah. So what that is telling me when he makes my coffee and brings it to me, or mm -hmm. he will go out and get me an iced tea, you know, little things like that tells me that he's studying me. He knows, he knows me. He knows the little things that will make me happy. Yeah. And so it doesn't just happen. It takes work and studying for a test, right? You study for an exam. You're going to study so you can pass that exam. This is no different. It's going to take work. And what that says is you're on my heart. You're in my thoughts. Yeah. I'm making you a priority. Right. When, even when I don't have to, even when I'm so busy, because I know he's busy. We're all busy. But it means that, it, that he is intentional in thinking about me. He's making a conscious effort in thinking about me. And it's a mental thing. So like when I know that mentally he's thinking about me, then that's huge because I know there's a lot that takes up your mental space. And so that is very, very romantic. When you, mm -hmm. when your spouse, you know, your spouse is studying you and understands you and knows that, no, this is, this is the way she wants this, whatever it is, not this way. This other way is fine, but it's certainly not um, what will hit my heart, I guess. Yeah. Well, this is something very silly <clears throat> to give you an example. And some might think this is trivial, but uh, I don't, you can tell me what you think after I say it. But so we just um, updated our kitchen um, with new flooring and new countertops and things like that, new appliances. And we got a new sink with our, with our, um, with our new countertops. And so with this new sink, it's stainless steel. And so Donna really likes to have this stainless steel, the sink wiped of all the water droplets, you know, like on the, on the vertical walls inside the surface. She likes that. That wasn't something that she wanted to see happen before with our previous sink in our kitchen, but that's something that she... Yeah, I don't even know why, but this one... It's just maybe how reason, it looks. But it, think, again, yeah. it, it might be, it might seem trivial, but I'm trying to make a point to say this. I know that she likes that and she's told me so. And so there's a, there's a cloth that's right there specifically for wiping off the walls of that sink. And I do that because I know that's what she likes. So I, why am I saying that? I'm saying that I've, I've studied her. I've understood that that's an important thing for her. Does it matter in the grand scheme of things? Does it? No. But it's one small little thing. That's huge for me. <laughs> because I know that she desires that. And so I want to do that for her. You know, it takes me we sacrifice. It takes me 30 seconds to do it, right? And I could be lazy and I could just not do it, but I'm I want to do that because I know it matters to her. So just as Because you know, the as home matters as, to me. How how the home looks right. is, is very important for me. Right. Yeah. I could care less, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. There's water droplets on the right. the walls of that sink. I could care less, but I know it matters to her. Mm -hmm. 
and that's why I do it. It does. So just a simple example. Yeah. So what's the second? So element? know and do your spouse's love languages. Now, you know, we've had past broadcasts where we've talked about the five love languages from Gary Chapman. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you can go back and watch those at another time and they're going to be, they're different than what we're going to just talk about here. So what are your spouse's love languages? Well, for men, it's, it's pretty easy. So we're going to just do this more of in a general fashion to talk about men, not specifically each, each man or each woman, but right. generally speaking for men, what are our top love languages? Well, one is respect. I mean, it's like, gosh, okay, that's number one. Yeah, it, it's at our core yeah. as, as guys. Respect is huge. And when we feel like we're being disrespected, whether that's in, in private, public is, is so much worse. I mean, my gosh, our egos are so huge as guys. And so when, our, when, we, when our wife isn't respecting us, especially in public, man, that hurts so bad. And I'm not saying I've all, you know, we've talked about this before. I haven't always been respectful, but to do it in public is really respectable respectable, sorry, mm-hmm. it it really hurts bad. Mm-hmm. And so respect for men is huge. And yeah. so just know that, ladies. Yeah. Now, if you've got something to discuss and if there's a problem, it may be hard to kind of control. You know, you might you might be like my wife and you wear it on your sleeve. You know, you can tell if, if something's not right. But if you can take that matter into private, it's okay. You need to discuss things that are tough and difficult. But if you can take that matter into private and talk about it there, mm-hmm. where there may be some some issues where the husband may perceive that as being disrespectful, do it there. Don't do it in public. Take it to a private place and handle your business there. I'm just That's telling right. you, it's gonna it, it'll bode well for the marital relationship. Because look, you may say, well, he should be able to deal with whatever. Well, yeah, that's that's one perspective. But I'm telling you, if you care about your spouse and you love them, then you're going to handle matters like that privately. So it's important. So the second big win for men is sex. I mean, like 80%, like off the chart for men, mm-hmm. maybe 20%. I'm talking, what I'm talking about is like libido. So like the sexual desires that men have are, are typically greater than women. There's probably mm-hmm. maybe 20% of the women out there that might be equal to or greater than a man's. But that is a huge uh, need for a man. And so, you know, uh, if it's if it's in the reverse, basically what you're saying is your body is not your own. You're willing to give to your spouse because it is a need for them, and you want to be able to support that need and that love language that they have. Um, men really value and cherish friendship with their wives. That's important. We talked about this before. Where like, there's things that I love to do. Like I'm a I'm a college football American college football sports fan. Love it. Love to watch it. Donna could care less about it, but she does take time and sit and watch it with me and 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 participates in it. And so that that really, you know, touches and warms my heart when she's willing to do something. I know she really doesn't care much about, but she does it because she knows I like it. Mm-hmm. And vice versa. I mean, if there's something that she is wanting to do, if that is taking walks or that is going on bike rides together because she enjoys quality time together and we're doing it together then I want to do that for her. It's maybe not something that I, I mean, I enjoy it once I'm out and doing it, but I don't think about doing it. Right. But it's something that she enjoys and wants to spend time with me doing. You need to think about time. And um, I would say just generally domestic support. That's the other thing that I think with men is important. Not that women are supposed to do all things. We both work. Um, but women have a specific gift. You have a gift. I used to think that I had one. 
<laughs> I had a gift on how to decorate and make the home look homey and paint colors and all these kinds. Well, you know, the, the bottom line is, I mean, there are some men that are gifted that way, but generally speaking, God has been has gifted women in such a way to make a home mm -hmm. uh, look nice mm -hmm. yeah. and to present well, and it's just a gift. And so we appreciate that. As men, we should appreciate that about our wives, that they want to do those mm -hmm. kinds of things. It's important to us. Yeah, so women, what's the most important things for women as far as security? Um, and how can us guys, how can us men, husbands, show our wife security? It's it's selfless and sacrificial giving to our wives. And when we do that, it speaks volumes to security for our wives. It's, it's just amazing mm -hmm. what, that, what that does. I mean, because at the end of the day, the Bible talks about um, husbands love your wives like Christ loved the church. And so if you're going to love your wife like Christ loved the church, Jesus did one very important thing, and that was sacrifice himself for all, for the whole church, for the body of Christ. And so if Jesus is our model, and he is, then we can take that same uh, application that he did for the church and apply that to our marital relationship, guys, for our wives. Amen. Sacrifice ourselves, give of ourselves to our wife, and that's going to speak of, of a great security that our wives need. They, they want to know that. Uh, open and honest communication. Well, I mean, not all guys. Are, <laughs> we're typically one-word answer kind of people, but but our wives want to know, you know, what's really on our heart, what's going on. Speak honestly, openly about us. Tell me, tell us what's going on. Don't hide your feelings. I mean, generally, I mean, we don't want our our, our ladies to have to read our minds or to create stories in their own heads. We need to tell them what's going on inside of us. So open, honest communication is really mm -hmm. important. Mm -hmm. uh, Non-sexual affection. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's not necessarily for men. But hey, women just want to be held. Now, you're not, you're not that type of lady that always wants to be held or, you know, physical touch isn't huge for you. But generally speaking, most women want to be held. Not everything has to be about sex. Uh, everything that all, all physical touch doesn't have to lead to sex. But sometimes just holding and cuddling and just spending time together to... Um, assure and to love in a different way is important for ladies. And the lastly, our ladies want us to lead. That was one of the struggle points that I had in my life is, is leadership. And so our ladies want us to lead spiritually. They want us to lead monetarily, financially. Um, they want us to be strong for them. Amen. And they're looking for that kind of leadership. Uh, whether the ladies believe that or not, that's inherently what you're looking for. And that's how God wired and designed you to be. And so you want your husbands to lead. You want them to be strong and to be strong for your family. Mm -hmm. And that's important that's for right. ladies. That's right. So, look, romance is not... Here's the key thing from, from this, this, this third point about knowing and doing your spouse's love. Second. Or second point, sorry. <laughs> that's okay. Maybe I've been talking so long it went into the third point. But no, you it have. hasn't. No. But, the, but the thing is, but the thing is, do your spouse's love language, not, not yours, yours. <laughs> because it's your there are love. So many people that do that. I know. They're like, Be I'm buying you something, you know, I'm like, well, I don't really care. Right. You right. Yeah. So don't do your love language thinking that that's going to please your spouse. Know them and do theirs. And we've kind of given you Which some tips to element number one. Mm -hmm. is studying your spouse. Studying your spouse. That's why they're kind of in the order that That's they right. are, right? That's study right. your spouse, and then as you study your spouse, you're going to know what their love language is, 
and you can do it Amen. without being told, right? Amen. Which is awesome. So what's our third one? So the third one, and we'll have to run through the three and four pretty quick because we're sure. already... Sure, sure. Um, communicate to your spouse that they have unique value, that they have a special place and take priority in your mm-hmm. life. We did mention this before. And there's only one person that deserves your number one priority in your life, and that's our spouse. Yeah. The only, aside from God, your spouse, not your kids, not your job, not your hobby, your spouse takes first priority. And there's so many things that you can do to make your spouse feel like they're not. Yeah. And so, you know, what you had spoken about previously, consistent action, you know, that is so key to helping me feel Mm -hmm. like I am a first priority to him. And we've gone through phases in our marriage where... Um, he's very good at giving me, cause so one of my love languages is words of affirmation. I need to know that he, uh, thinks I'm beautiful. He need, I need to know that he, uh, shares that, that I'm doing a great job or that he is uh, proud of me here. Just words of affirmation from him mm-hmm. are key for me. But in the past, he would be made aware of that and, and would do that. But, but it's, it's psych, it cycled. And so it would end depending on what he had going on in his life, how busy he was. And so I just got used to not, you know, receiving that. And and it can still get that way. And I have to remind him, you know, which is not, you know, not ideal, um, but life does happen. And this is just a reminder for us that we just need to make sure that we're, we're tuning into each other. That's right. You That's know, right. so, That's good. so when, when he's consistent in his uh, words of affirmation for me or whatever, you know, we're, we're going to take a walk like you were saying, we're going on a bike ride, we're going to see a movie when it's consistent. And, and there's no gaps there. That's romance. That's studying me. That's continuing to pursue me. And that is communicating to me that I am number one to him. And so to me, what that is, cause I know how busy he is. I know how busy our lives are. I know we've had a lot of uh, last couple months have been extremely challenging for us family wise. And so when he is taking a moment and it just takes one, two seconds to say something to me that fills my tank, I know that's a sacrifice for him. And so that even further uh, helps me to feel like a priority and to feel like I matter and I'm number one to him. So be generous, be giving, be creative, you know, have a good attitude about it, but, but first and foremost, be consistent with it. Amen. That's awesome. So what's our last element? Um, The last one is demonstrate empathy towards your spouse. Absolutely. You know, be willing to, to, to step into their shoes, enter their world. I mean, you know, each of us have unique challenges and situations going on. And, you know, if, if I, if, if I think of a situation, you know, that, that Donna may be going through, I'm like, oh, that's not that bad. Well, that's my perspective on it. Right. That's how I think about it. Like, oh, that really wouldn't bother me, so I don't understand why it's bothering her. That's not empathy. Mm-hmm. That's not empathy at all. Empathy is entering into her world and saying, hey, I, I know this is, I, know, I see you struggling. Mm-hmm. I see this is a challenge. And tell me, what's, what's really going on? Help me understand what you're feeling right now. Mm-hmm. I want to be here for you. Absolutely. I want, I want, if you want hugged, I want to hug you. If you want space, I want to give you space. Yeah. It's just, it's really just, yeah, just letting them know that I understand. I get it. I really do. I might not be experiencing it 
on the level that you're experiencing it, mm-hmm. but my heart hurts when you hurt. Yeah. And I want to share in this with you. And you yeah. you did a, a wonderful job of that with um, when my sister met Jesus here the last month or two ago. And uh, he, you, you were beyond what I had expected. And so thank you for that. You, you were very empathetic and compassionate towards, and I'm not one to show a lot of emotion. Um, and it comes, you're in, very strong. Yeah. It can't, it, it's just the way lady. I am. It comes in waves. Yeah. And, um, but that was, that was awesome. How you helped, how we walked through that together. Yeah. I will say. So that's a, that's an important thing. So don't, don't neglect that point. Number four, even though we may not talk about it a lot, Hopefully the examples that we've just shared with you give you some insight into what empathy looks like, right? Have compassion for your spouse. Mm-hmm. Don't, don't view a situation based upon your perspective. Enter into that. Go into that world. Allow them to share with you what's going on and, and be understanding. Pray for your spouse. Help them. Pray that the peace of God would come over them in a difficult circumstance or encourage them in something. Be a light, yeah. Be 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 some be a spouse that is willing to uplift your spouse when they're in trying and difficult times because you're both going through it together, right? The two become one flesh. We've talked about that before, and so when she hurts, I hurt. When I hurt, she hurts. That's how it should be. Yeah, and is it going to take time? Absolutely. Sure. But if that if your marriage is your number one priority and your spouse is your number one priority on this earth, Mm -hmm. it's going to take time. And that time is well worth it because you're pouring into your spouse and into your marriage that's going to make a marriage that is so pleasing and honoring to God Mm -hmm. and to your children. And you're going to leave a legacy for your children and their children that you can be proud of, that's going to be impactful, that's going to change and break that generational cycle that you you grew up with. Yeah. Amen. So let me read uh, Hebrews chapter uh, 13, verses 4 and 5, and I'll read that out of the uh, New Living Translation. Um, it says, Give honor to marriage and remain faithful to one another in marriage. God will surely judge people who are immoral and those who commit adultery. Don't love money. Be satisfied with what you have. For God has said, I will never fail you. I will never abandon you. So what what is God saying here in your marriage? You're going to have struggles. Mm -hmm. You're going to have challenges. But don't go shopping somewhere else. The grass, we use this expression in the United States, the grass isn't always greener on the other side. It's never, never greener. Never, never is, right? And so... Because you have ch- troubles, because you have challenges, because you have difficulties, um, don't don't go shopping somewhere mm-hmm. else. Be connected. Never leave. Never forsake your spouse. Always stay in that place of romantic feelings and building romance and keeping it flourishing in your life. Don't yeah. look to someone else. Don't compare your marriage to someone else. Don't compare your spouse to someone else. Don't do that. Mm-mm. God uniquely... Yeah, you might- you might be comparing your your spouse on day, you know, 1,085 of your marriage to, you know, a spouse that's been married for years and years and years and years, you know, and, and you, you just can't compare. There, that is a very bad game to get into. Yeah, because there's no there's really no comparison. And God brought you together for a specific that's purpose right. and a reason. And he wants you to leave, as we talk about in this, in, in the marriage minute often, 
your 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 purpose one in marriage is to leave a lasting legacy. You need to show your kids and others what a strong uh, Christian marriage looks like. The world needs that today. Amen. It's needed. You know, God tells us in his word, I will never leave you. I will never forsake you. Right. He says, even on your worst day, I will not turn away from you. And that is that is the attitude that we need to have with our with our spouses and our marriages. I will never. It might be tough and it might not look good and we might be at each other. But on our worst day, I will never leave you and I will never turn away from you. Amen. That is what we're saying to one another. And that is what you should say. That's the resolve you should have. God's Mm -hmm. never going to turn away from you. So why would you turn away from your spouse? Yeah. Amen. So, yeah. So you fell in love by being romantic. Right. It was instinctive. We talked about that. It was an instinctive. But now you have to create that atmosphere of romance. It's it's really not hard. You've done it before. You just have to take the time to do it through intentional practice and of the four elements that we talked about, which is meet unspoken needs and desires. Yeah. Know your spouse's love languages and do them. Communicate that our spouse takes number one place in our life and demonstrate empathy and compassion towards your spouse. Amen. Amen. I want to pray for everybody. I'm just, right. I'm just feeling my spirit. The Lord was just, it was just bubbling up in my spirit. Um, you may, you may be struggling. You've, your, your marriage is struggling. You're not sure if it's going to make it or whatever, but this is what I was feeling in my spirit for everyone listening um, to the broadcast. Um, I see in the spirit, marriages being restored Amen. because they, they've heard this teaching. They've heard a little bit about our lives and you're, you're believing now that you can actually bring this thing back. You can take what looked like a puzzle of a thousand pieces that can't be put back together again. And now it's being put back together again into a beautiful picture of what your marriage was intended to look like from the very beginning. Amen. And so I don't know what happened and why, but this is what I see. I see marriages being restored Amen. in the name of Jesus. Amen. And I see these tools that we've talked about today being very part of that. And I thank you, Holy Spirit, right now mm-hmm. that you are working in the lives thank of you, marriages Jesus. now. You're healing, you're restoring, you're, you're, you're taking those dead things, you're taking uh, the lifeless marriage that that is the, the lifeless marriages that are out there and you're you're bringing it back to life you're actually doing CPR on marriages right now you're restoring Jesus. them you're bringing vitality you're bringing uh, fruitfulness back into marriages right now and i see that right now it's happening in the name of Jesus i believe that i thank you father that your presence is even moving from this place out into the listeners' ears, into their homes, and into their families. And I thank you for dynamic marriages that are flourishing and growing and coming alive. I thank you that you're, just like you spoke about the dry bones, coming to life again. The dry bones of marriages are coming back to life again in the name of Jesus. So thank you, Father, for people out there today, marriages Uh, husbands and wives that have taken this in today, that have said, today I'm taking a stand for my marriage. I'm bringing life back to my marriage because I am empowered by the Spirit of God to do it. And I want to do it because I love my spouse dearly and I'm going back to my first love. 
The things that I did before, I now know what I need to do. I may not have remembered what I did back in that time, but I remember now, and I'm going to implement these things to bring about the change and the life that, that is needed in my marriage. Thank, Thank you, you, Father, Jesus. for doing that. Thank you for empowering people Hallelujah. by your spirit to walk in victory each and every day in their marriage. I pray these things in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Hey, well, God bless you guys. Thank you for joining us. We love, we love you. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening today. Catch all of our podcasts at RevivalNow.com and send us your Marriage Minute questions at MarriageMinute at RevivalNow.com.